people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door, as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is money they have, and peace they like. And they'll walk out to the bleachers, sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game, and it'll be as if they'd dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces. People will come, Ray. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. People will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody. Once again, a day late. I apologize for that. This is the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. The idea is for it to be here every Wednesday, your midweek download destination. It is the weekly dose for August 15th, 2019. Thank you for finding the show. And there's a couple of different reasons why it's late this week. And in the end, it turns out it's pretty good. Uh, Or I should say it worked out to do it a day late because the storms that came through Tuesday night were no freaking joke, man. I don't know if it hit, you know, all the city in the same way. I'm sure it didn't. But uh, I'd imagine it was pretty similar throughout the city. Here in East Ridge, got... Two hard rounds, maybe an overall third round before the night was over, starting at around 7 o'clock, and I wasn't here yet. And I got here around 8 o'clock, and that's when the, shortly after I got here, the second round came through, and that knocked the power out at around, I would guess, yeah, it was 9 o'clock. I remember because HQ, you know, the trivia game that people pull up on their phones, um, it's actually, uh, it can be fun. It can also be uh, annoying. But I remember the uh, the uh, notification going off at 9 o'clock, and that was when the power was out. Now, if I had started recording, which every day I would love to have been started before 9 o'clock, if I had started and was in the middle of it and the power went out and I lost everything, I would have lost my bleep. I would have lost it and uh, watch out for me because that kind of stuff, you know, losing, you know, this kind of work, these kinds of audio recordings and having to try to recreate them and do it again is exhausting. So I'm glad that it worked out that I couldn't do it on that Tuesday after all. And then other stuff is just, you know, boring anecdotal things, uh, busy, busy, stupid, uh, some stupid, some not. There you go. Uh, On the front end there, and to friends of mine like Jeremy Mahoney, who I know listens regularly, who hates baseball so bad, I promise you this will not be long talking about baseball, but this was announced at the end of last week. Uh, Major League Baseball's Yankees and White Sox to play at Field of Dreams Farm. It is going to be an official game in August on the 13th of 2020 next year, so one year from two days ago, and it will be a part of a three-game set, two, two back in Chicago, and then this will be an official home game in Iowa 
at, on a field that's being built right across from where the uh, the the cornfield baseball field is still there. It's like a, a landmark, a, a tourist uh, place that people go to and I guess pay to see, or I, I don't know if it's funded by the state or what. But they're building a uh, they're carving out another field into the you know into the earth, and then they're building a temporary eight thousand seat stadium there. And the renderings that you see of it are just gorgeous. And it has like a connection where you can go from like a plaza in the outfield from the old uh, movie set into the plaza, into the temporary stadium. Only 8,000 seats. I don't know why they didn't just decide to play uh, a three-game set there. Maybe it's just too too uh, uh, complicated to somehow play a full weekend series there. But, man, that is something I would absolutely love to do. Let's see. Uh, Robert Manfred, commissioner of Major League Baseball, says, as a sport that is proud of its history linking generations, Major League Baseball is excited to bring a regular season game to the site of Field of Dreams. We look forward to celebrating the movie's enduring message of how baseball brings people together at this special cornfield in Iowa. So that is uh, certainly cool. And uh, just a quick talk about the movie itself. 1989 is uh, when it was released, a long time ago now. And I was in love with that movie, in love with that movie. I watched it over and over and over again. I remember my dad getting on to me if I would spend that much time working on school as I do watching Field of Dreams. And I've watched it again recently, and it's got a few parts that I find to be interesting still. But overall, the movie's kind of stupid. <laughs> really, It really is. Watching it from an adult standpoint, like if I, I feel like if I was 35 years old, and didn't have a kid, like maybe if I was watching it with a child or, or an adolescent, that'd be one thing. But if I was just watching that movie as a, in 1989 as a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old, I'd be like, this is stupid as hell. It's ghosts and and building, destroying your future, whatever. So to me, it doesn't really hold up all that well. Let's see, what else, what else? Let's talk about the show today. Oh, no, real quick. One other reason that I was late getting the show done, is I haven't had this problem all that much. And I know that it's a problem that uh, a lot of different artists and musicians have had in their lives because I've read about it. Uh, if, it if you were a musician, it would be uh, writer's block, um, where you just, you just your brain isn't working. And come Sunday into Monday, I, uh, I didn't have anything, <laughs> nothing. And I guess you can argue that today I still don't. But I just could not come up with anything to talk about. I was, and, and my brain just wasn't working. It's just, I don't know. It, it, I, I've been finding my attention span not being real good recently. I'm, I'm finding a lot of symptoms of ADHD where I'm starting something and stopping and starting and stopping and picking up my phone and setting it back down and picking it right back up. Get on Facebook on my phone. Get on Facebook on the computer back to back. Like, what the hell am I doing? What the hell am I doing? And Monday rolled around. I was like, I don't have anything. And then Tuesday got here, and I hadn't done any pre-production, and I just said, I could, I just, I gotta just take a rest. I gotta just get a night's sleep and start looking around. And um, and then a few things popped up. So what are a few of those things that popped up? Well, coming up in the second segment of the show, I uh, am happy to have stumbled on this because I've got lots of th- uh, thoughts on this and audio from Jack White. The Raconteurs, one of his bands, is on tour right now, and they are not allowing cell phones at any of their shows. None of them, not at all. And I will uh, explain that or d- detail that and tell you thoughts I have on that. And in the third segment, uh, this one was just kind of throw together. Uh, Bill Gates admits a huge misstep that uh, you were a little surprised that he admitted out loud. And the 10 most important life lessons to master by the time you're in your 30s. Now, I am almost 39 and a half years old. And so since I have about seven months left until I'm 40, I might as well take a look at this and see how well I've done on mastering things in my 30s. I want to talk about Mike McDade here in a minute. And uh, really the only topic that I have from the middle of the week here is all of a sudden uh, I saw hashtag Trump recession. Trump recession. And I'm thinking, what the hell? Now, what are we talking about now? And it turns out the Dow falls 800 points on Wednesday. Now, the Dow has just been creeping up so high for so long. I'm not sure that 800 points down is enough to really lose our minds, but you know how people on Twitter and social media work. Um, So, you know, we're not in a recession, and it doesn't feel or look to me like we're even close 
to a recession. It kind of looks like a lot of people on social media hope that we do have a recession just so it'll look bad on Don Trump. Um, If we were to go in recession between now and the end of next year, that would be good, obviously, uh, for the opposing party. But the president is not a direct uh, a direct influencer of the damn economy. Now, they can do things that indirectly can affect it and how trading goes, but the presidency is not a huge indicator of a great economy or a bad economy. There's so many things that go into that, and numb nuts all over the world have trouble understanding that. And then the one thing that kind of went hand-in-hand hand with that that I also just stumbled on on, uh, on Twitter from uh, wherever the hell this comes from, economics.ever, U.S. Budget deficit already exceeds last year's total figure as of August, <coughs> excuse me, 12th. The U.S. fiscal deficit has already exceeded full figure for last year's spending growth outpaces revenue. The gap grew to eight, $866.8 billion in the first 10 months of the fiscal year, up 27% from the same period a year earlier. So, um, as I always say on Twitter, nobody cares about the deficit Republicans don't care about it. Democrats don't care about it. It's only used as a talking point when it fits the narrative. Nobody cares. Most individuals walking around don't care about their own debt or pay attention to their own spending or can keep their self in control on money. Why would they care about the the country unless they just want to use it as a talking point? Nobody cares about the debt. All right. One little more thing here, and then I'll wrap this up and I'll get to the cell phones at the Raconteur Show or the lack thereof. I just quickly wanted to give some love to Mike McDade. He is a local musician and uh, maybe even more importantly, a local music advocate. And he has been, for my experience with him, at least since 2000, the year 2000. So for 19 years that I'm aware of, and I know it goes back further than that, back to Sandbar days with Mike Dewar, who now is with Songbirds and formerly of Rhythm and Brews. Um he has been involved with this scene since I would guess the mid nineties, maybe even the early nineties. And earlier in July, he underwent quadruple bypass heart surgery. Big, big deal, obviously. And, um, he is uh, healthy and he came through it and he's uh, recovering. He's already back to, uh, doing an open mic or two since then. But the, the medical bills have been absolutely staggering. And, he has done so much for so many people, and they're having a, um, a benefit for him with an incredible lineup. I don't have that in front of me right now, but I know the Bohannons are going to be there, Scarlet Love Conspiracy, uh, the, the Rounders, Channing Wilson is coming to town to to uh, get the Rounders back for a one-night-only kind of thing. Um, uh, uh, Ryan Oyer, who Mike plays bass for Ryan the Ryan Oyer Band, um, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so much fun. And it's going to be a room full of people who have known each other for decades. And it's going to be a real feel-good thing. It's like 15 bucks to get in. Um, I, I'm i going to probably hopefully just throw over a 20. I don't have a lot of money right now these days, but I, I'll throw over a 20 and have a couple of beers. And it's at Songbirds. That is tonight. So if, you know, obviously this information is not going to do you a whole lot of good uh, after Thursday. It is Thursday night, the 15th, Songbirds. And uh, Mike's great. And I actually thought about it. It would have been good, and I might still do it sometime, to have a bunch of people on just via phone real quick just to give a story of, of being around Mike. He's one of those kinds of guys that if you find somebody who doesn't like him, then there's something wrong with that other person, right? I mean, it's rare to find somebody that, that, that that's true about, but that's true with Mike McDade. And the only story I have that I can remember uh, about interactions with Mike um, goes back to and the story is, he's just a friend. When I see him out, we talk music, we have a beer, and uh, he's family friends these days, too. And when I first met him, he was not a family friend. He was not, uh, or at least I didn't know it at that time. But I first started going to the attic above Fat Wraps, which is now, hell, I don't even know what it is, down uh, towards the, it was raw there for a long time, near the other, the crappy end of downtown these days. And there was open mic every Wednesday and $2 imports. And yes, I'm admitting it. I was underage, 20 years old in there, drinking. I had friends that worked there and sold me alcohol anyway. Sorry. And then was there for years after that, 20, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002. And we would go to open mic and $2 imports and just get bombed every Wednesday. And, uh, and the place was packed. Man, it was just one of those times in my life where that was my bar. 
That was my place. It was such an such. I have such great memories there. And Mike hosted open mic night, and he's been hosting open mic nights all over town ever since, and even probably before that. But there, I you know, growing up, being being around so many great musicians. My my girlfriend just prior to that, we had just broken up. She was around there a lot, so I was trying to you know be around and like snooping. Hey, what hey, what's what's Letitia doing? But to have a, a girlfriend that was so freaking talented it really really um i was really self-conscious and really really embarrassed that i wasn't as good as she was and i didn't want to admit it at that age at 20 21 years old i didn't want to admit that my girlfriend or my former my ex-girlfriend was way better than i was so i was always really it 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 made my anxiety was really bad when it came to playing in front of people and I had just gotten a new guitar, and I'd been going enough to where I'd gotten to know Mike, but not real well. I'm 20. He's probably, uh, I don't know, 30. I don't know if Mike's 10 years. Is he 15 years older than me, 10 years? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's more like 20 years older than me. I, I don't know. Um, he's aged well. But I remember getting up there, and I didn't really know how the the, the electronics and my new acoustic work that has the volume meter and the you know where you can do the tuner all on, inside the guitar and um, I still have that guitar to this day. And I got up there, and I was just like, uh, I'm, I'm not, this is a brand new guitar, man. I don't really know where to put these uh, because I'd never played it plugged up. And a lot of people would kind of, in, in the snob music scene around here, because there's a lot of snobs around here, and I've grown out of it mostly, but back then, oh, God. If you didn't know something, you were an effing idiot, and they'd let you know. And he's like, hey, man, here you go. Just throw that all the way on volume, put everything else in the middle, plug it up and you're ready to go. He put my mind at ease and then I played two or three songs at open mic and it went well and the guitar sounded great and I was terrified I was going to get up there and it wasn't going to work or I was going to have the setting wrong. And, um, you know, that sounds stupid now, but then it was a big deal to me. And I never forgot that he didn't make me feel stupid. He didn't make me feel like I was uh, inferior to the other people playing on the stage because there was a lot of really good damn bands and artists playing there every night. Letitia and the Bohannons and Matt Bohannon and of, of the Joneses and TJ and uh, who the hell else? I'm blanking right now. There was a lot. It was kind of the who's who of the young generation of, of local bands back then. And I was not good enough to be on the same stage as a lot of these people. And he could have been like, oh, God, of course you don't know. Rolled his eyes, which I've had done to me before when I've played local places. Trust me, I won't call anybody out on it because I don't care anymore. But he didn't do that, and I never forgot that. So that was that was probably 2001, probably 2001, so 18 years ago. One little act of kindness is something I've never forgotten about. So I love Mike, and he deserves to be celebrated, and he could use some uh, some assistance with this. And I'm sure he he didn't ask for this. He doesn't. He probably doesn't technically even want it. But he deserves it, and uh, we should all uh, help out if we can. All right, so, and on the way out here, this is Ryan Oyerband, which he plays bass for, as I mentioned before. Coming up next, the Tours are playing a tour where cell phones are not allowed at all. First of all, how is this possible, and how is it enforced? What does Jack White think about it? And more importantly, because this is my show, what do I think about it? That's coming up next. So far, so so far, so Coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. Jack White. He is now banning all fans from taking cell phones into concerts on his upcoming tour. Concert goers will need to keep their phones in a yonder pouch like these that you see right there. They will only be able to unlock at a designated space like uh, the lobby, maybe the concourse uh, of the venue, for example. So White says that he wants to make his show a 100% human experience. I think this is a brilliant idea. Yeah, and the good news is you do get to keep your phone with you at all times because you can just carry that pal. Right, right, right. Probably still get your photo at the venue, just not during the concert. You can be in the moment and enjoy. What an idea. Enjoy the whole thing. 100% human experience. I can kind of go either way on this. I can make, I can be one of those devil's advocate argument types and then give the other side as well. I know a lot of comedians have been doing this. You've had too much to think, now you need a wife. 
Steady as she goes. It's my favorite rack, our favorite Jack White incarnation of a band is the Rack and Tours. They were just in Knoxville this past weekend, actually. Um, but yeah, so comedians have been doing this for a while. I get it more with comedians because it's just a different, it's a different environment. It, it really is. Etiquette in the crowd is so much more enforced and important in that setting, and I don't have a problem with restricting what people can and can't do, and I don't have a problem with certain shows that, um, music shows that want to do s- certain kinds of these restrictions, like, uh, the the first time I saw Neil Young, speaking of Mike McDade, he plays in a, a Neil Young cover band called Lazy Horse. That's one thing we've always shared is our Neil Young uh, stories and Neil Young songs. And um, and so I forgot to mention that earlier, but I went and saw Neil Young at the uh, the Grand Old Opry in 1999, one of the first um, one of the first bigger shows that I had gone to as an as an official adult. And, um, of course we didn't have cell phones then, or at least most people didn't, but you weren't, you weren't allowed to talk. You weren't allowed to hum or sing along like, because it was just him and a guitar at the grand old freaking Opry, right? Like that's not, that's not a place for you to socialize. So I get different kinds of settings, but a rock and roll concert, a rock and roll concert saying that you cannot bring a cell phone to the show. I am having a little bit of difficulty with because I have understood, embraced, and not necessarily enjoyed, but I have appreciated, understood, and embraced the new world that we live in of cell phones are just a, a an addition, an extension of ourselves, right? Like, I mean, we're all addicted to our cell phones. It's going to be amazing to see, and I'll spend some time on it, been wanting to do a segment on it after I do some research on it. Um, the effects that this is going to have on children that have had it their entire life. And it's not necessarily bad. It feels like it is. But that's a whole different dynamic. So that's a whole different addiction. That's a whole different lifestyle from growing up with something to just having something introduced to you that then becomes an addiction after you already have a, um, a developed uh, you know, body, brain, anatomy, you know? So all those studies probably have very different results. But we're all we're all addicted to our phones. Every single one of us are, and so we can get mad about it and and uh, get you know not like the the new world order that we're in, or you can just kind of adjust to it. And I think that I have mostly adjusted to it. I like social media. I'm at that age where I you know I say this occasionally that I am uh, I've likely been unless we're in the exact same kind of. Uh, generation or year of life, I have probably been on social media longer than any most people listening to this because I was on it. You're either too young that I was on it before you or you were too old and I was on it before you because it was introduced in my generation and young Gen Xers. And where we've gotten now is that it is kind of documenting your life and some people do it better than others. And some of it is just pure vanity and just all about look at me and look at what I have that you don't have and that kind of nanny nanny boo boo thing that we'll hear a little bit from Jack White here in a minute and that's that's certainly a thing but I'm a big big advocate of living an interesting life no matter what it is you're doing just try to be interesting as, as much as you can and if you are successful and that's not the meaning of life for everybody to me it's a lot of the meaning of my life is living an interesting fun life and I want to document it. I want to document it. And I want to not show off. I'm not trying to, by any means, by any means, trying to, to post anything that says, look what I can do that nobody else can. That's never been any kind of motivation in my life. I like to think that the people who are interested in me, whether they be friends or perfect strangers, are interested in seeing an artistic way of of, of showcasing what you're doing to uh, documenting your uh, your adventures through life. I think it's I think it's fascinating stuff and, and that my whole life 
since I was uh, 22, 21, actually probably more like 19, 20, I have been a scrapbooker. I have scrapbooks after scrapbooks. I used to joke, and I was back in MySpace. One of my quotes, like you put up, like your main quote for the day was, "I have the the coolest scrapbooks ever." Or, I have cooler scrapbooks than you, or something like that. And I got made fun of by people, like, "What you scrapbook? What are you 80? No, I am documenting my life over here, and I'm doing it. I was pretty damn good at it. I've never thrown away a picture or a ticket stub or a wristband or a brochure or a program or anything I've ever gone to. And I like to document that. And for me, that's what Instagram is. That's what Twitter I wish was better at. And Facebook kind of blah, whatever. But Instagram especially with the stories. Let, letting someone see what your day is like. When I go to the Titans game on a Sunday, you know, five times a year, I, I document it through a story. And it's got a beginning an ending, or excuse me, a beginning and a middle and an end. It shows where I started, what I'm doing, where I'm headed, when I'm there, when it's over. Not to throw it in anybody's face. That's another thing that's great about the stories. You you have to want to look at it. You have to want to see it. If you don't want to see it, you don't have to. That's what makes that so great. In Facebook stories, Snapchat stories, Instagram stories, it's the best part of social media because it's not just put there and like whether you you know the only way you don't see it is if you unfollow. You have to go out of your way to want to look at that. So I have a little bit of trouble being told as a 39-and-a-half-year-old grown-ass man going to see you know a rock and roll band that I really like and not being able to take my, my phone with me and, and snap a shot. Now, I do it, I feel like, very, very, very politely, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very slick and easy, in-and-out kind of things. I, I'm very deliberate, and so I'm not bothering anybody. But I know that most people... The average numb nut, dullard walking around is bothering people. So I can look at this from both sections. So just real quick here, this is from the um, tour management of the Tours and Jack White. We think you'll enjoy looking up from your gadgets for a little while and experiencing music and our shared love of it in person. This piece goes on to say, the way it works is upon arrival, we already went in, they give you a bag, you put it in there, it locks, you put it in your pocket, and then you can go to certain stations away from the show where you can unlock it if you need to use your phone. I don't know what keeps people from trying to sneak them back in. I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to experience this to completely understand it. Audience members maintain possession of their phones at all times and can access them in designated phone use areas located in the venue. Um, Cooper, Amy Cooper, marketing for the one of the venues, says it's, it is not unprecedented it's very common for comedy tours to implement these bags. It, it is a little unprecedented with just a you know a middle-aged white guy rock and roll band. That is a little unprecedented. I don't see that many other places. And this is a conversation or argument I have with people every year who go to the Masters a lot. Cell phones are not allowed. And I, I'm just, and I get why. Yeah, both of these are, I can go both ways on the argument. But why would you not want somebody to have a phone to promote for you what you're doing? And this idea that everybody's just watching the show through their phone just isn't really real. That's not a real argument. Nobody's sitting, most people, rephrase, most people are not watching the show through their phone. Yes, there's some drunk idiots that are holding it up the whole time. Yes, there's some delusional, you know, mentally unstable person who thinks that the shaky video they're going to sometime look again. But you hear, um, you know, on the social media uh, backlash at times, oh, when are you ever going to watch that again? Actually, I watch what I do again every time. And uh, the, the, the stories that I put out there and the stuff that I share gets a bleep load of views. So what I'm doing is not for nothing. And what I'm doing is not making the experience lesser for me. And it's not making the experience lesser for anybody else. And um, I don't know. I have, I, I have a little bit of trouble with it um, overall from just, you know, an ideological standpoint of it. It would be interesting, though, I guess, to sit there and watch a show for an hour and a half and not have your phone on you. That would be an interesting experience. I don't think, I don't think that I would enjoy it. And I actually think that if I was told I can't bring my phone, the chances are I just won't go. And after finding this audio from Jack White on this subject, I actually don't like him quite as much as I did kind of on the way he responded to this. It's a little sanctimonious. It's a little I'm better than you kind of tone. And maybe 
Uh, maybe I'm being unfair. You can judge for yourself. This is Jack White. I got five cuts here. Uh, he starts off by saying something here that I just plain do not believe. For someone who, like me who is one of the few who doesn't own a cell phone, it is pretty funny to walk down the street and see everyone doing this. You've never had a cell phone? I've never owned one, yeah. And um, so when I'm out there, I'm, I'm an anomaly, and I'm looking at everybody, and to me, everyone sort of looks silly, you know? And then you're like, oh, yeah, whatever, that's their lives, whatever. It's, or who knows? Maybe this is the new, this is the way everything's going to be from now on. I have no idea. No, nobody really does. Maybe we'll all have... It'll turn to implants. Probably it'll turn into a microchip behind her eyeball or whatever. Well, a couple of things here first. Yes, there is going to be something, you know, microchipped or something you wear in your face or a different way where rather than your phone, you just pull out of your pocket. Somehow you wear your technology. And yes, this is the way things are, Jack. I mean, maybe this is just the way things are. No, they are. But the other thing I'm just having trouble with, Jack White, I don't know how old he is. I think he's older than me. He's got to be in his mid-40s. Has never had a cell phone. Is anybody sitting here listening to this believe in this? It may, maybe there's some uh, some kind of technicality when he says, I've never owned one. You know, maybe he was given it to, somebody gave it to him or something. But so, you're telling me Jack White lives his life every day without a cell phone? I'm just calling bunk on that right now. So uh, Jack White goes on to talk about why uh, why should we why should we tell people they can't bring a, a phone to, uh, to a, a rock and roll show? I'm just sort of just, uh, I thought it would be an art project at first just to see if people would uh, think it was funny or cool or just a, a new experience, almost like a, uh, what do you call it, like an escape room or something like that where, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we had this arena show and everyone who showed up, we were told them they couldn't use their phones. That would be like, maybe I thought maybe even at first people would be mad enough to demand their money back and it might be something interesting would happen. Now, see, I like that thought. I like the idea of thinking that let's create something that doesn't exist anywhere else. I, do, I really do like it if that's the main motivation. I have a feeling that that sounds like that was more of just kind of a throwaway thought. But that is kind of cool. Hey, let's do something that you can't do or experience anywhere else. I uh, absolutely uh, appreciate that uh, philosophy. So here on the next one, he talks about what the response has been to these shows and the uh, cell phone ban, as it were. All, to our my surprise and everyone around us surprise, everyone loved it. It was and it's we've been doing it now for over a year, so it's been shocking how much people love it. And it's sort of like it brings up these real big questions like, so you need someone to tell you you can't use it to actually not use it. Well, this is where he starts to get a little sanctimonious here, and it kind of annoys me. But if he's first of all, everyone doesn't do anything. <laughs> you can't please any all the people any of the time. So saying everybody loved it is not true. But the chances are there might have been more people that did because his audience is me. His audience is 10 years older than me. And we can live without our phones and do remember what it's like to ha not have one. Now, that doesn't mean we're not still addicted and are not really jonesing for it and wish we could post an Instagram post. But this might be an audience where this works. Um, a younger audience, Taylor Swift, a show, Can't Bring Your uh, Phones, yeah, that's gonna it's gonna bankrupt her career. Uh, maybe not bankrupt it, but it's gonna it's gonna not be good for business anyway. Uh, again, this is kind of where he goes on a on a little bit of a hey, well I can go without a phone. Why can't you? Is kind of the tone. Again, maybe I'm taking it the wrong way. Maybe it rubbed me the wrong way as I was putting it together. How sad. That's pretty sad. Again, coming from someone who isn't part of it. To uh, to and it's easy for me to say because I I don't have that addiction. But if you can't you can't choose to just stop drinking for a day, it's it's got that much of a hold on you. Uh, that's a sad thing, you know. So it's the same thing with that. If you, you you can't just put that down for an hour and experience life in in real in a real way, that's sad. And it's even maybe even sadder that you had to be told to do it. <laughs> you know? That you didn't naturally want to do it. I think, on your it, own. I think it was a laugh that got me. Um, Who's saying you're not living a life in a real way if you use your phone to document a little bit of it? I mean, who? why is that? What's, what makes him the authoritator of living your life in a real way, right? That's the part, I think, that got me just a little bit. And I've, I've never been a huge Jack White fan. I've always thought he's fine. I always thought the music was pretty good. Never liked the two-band thing. I mean, the two-man band or the two-man and one-man band like the White Stripes was and the and the Black Keys used to be. I was like, if, if you're that good, why don't you get another gu guitar player or something and be even better? Like, two people 
can't do as much as three can, and uh, I've never been impressed by that. So Jack White's fine. Seen him two or three times. I've never seen the raconteurs, and I love them. But who is he to say that I'm not living my life in the in a real life world way? Uh, because I I might use my phone to document this incredible experience I'm having. Right? This is an experience you're creating, and I guess you're also ex- creating an experience without the cell phone. Uh, I just I don't know. That one rubbed me the wrong way. And a little bit more here from him. I don't. I didn't write down what he says here. I messed up on that one. So anyway, here's the final cut from Jack White. A good portion of it, 90 plus percent, is look what I'm doing that you're not doing. See what I'm doing what you're not doing? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's- Hold on. That's where he goes. Sorry. Um, so now he's not wrong in this, but this is where he's doing a very big generalization that I also did not like. A good portion of it, 90 plus percent, is 90 look plus what percent. I'm doing that you're not doing. See what I'm doing what you're not doing? That's that's why people are doing it. Uh, is this this competition, voyeurism, jealousy? Those are really shallow human characteristics. Come on, man. I mean, that's not people like, I just watched the best film of my life. I just heard the most beautiful poem. Um, uh, it shows you that if it's not happening in the moment, then it's not, it's not worth it to them. So a lot of that is really nonsense. You know, it's sad, too. <laughs> yeah, and there's it's that laugh again. Man. Again, I forgot all about this one. I don't know why I forgot to write that down. Um, that's, yeah, you just watch this great thing and you can't prove it. Not that you need, need to prove it, but you can't show anybody what this amazing thing you just did. And I always lose my, my bleep in mind when someone starts just arbitrarily throwing out numbers or percentages. I like most of this, like 90% of this is it you, 90%. Would you take a poll, Jack? Did you, what, what did you, did you stand outside the stadium when it was over and take a poll? What everybody thought or how they, what their, you know, their overall worldview was. Don't make up numbers. Don't say, I mean, if it's in throwaway, doesn't matter conversation, that's fine. But he's making a very matter of fact thing. Oh, this is all about uh, uh, voyeurism and jealousy and, and trying to show off what you can do that others and the privilege you have. That's not what any of that is for a lot of people, and especially people of his generation and mine. We don't give a F what anybody else thinks. I know. Oh, hey, my forty-year-old friend. Look, aren't you jealous? Aren't you jealous of me? What? Are you, what am I, a child? What is your fan base? A bunch of kids? Is your fan base a bunch of twenty-one-year-olds? Are they seventeen? No, they're thirty to fifty years old and couldn't give a rat's ass what anybody at work or anywhere else thinks of them. And I know there's still shallow older people too, but generally speaking, and I'm not gonna throw out numbers and just and be a. a I'm a total hypocrite here, but generally speaking, in the circles I run in, nobody cares what anybody else thinks. Not in my circles. Now, I know that's not true everywhere else, but uh, anyway, that, that, a lot of that there kind of, I was just like, you know what? Screw you and your non-cell uh, phone shows, and I don't want to go see the raconteurs, but I actually I do want to go see them, so anyway. All right, let's see. On the way out, have I mastered the 10 things that are are supposedly supposed to be mastered by your 30s? And then just uh, a little interesting tidbit from Bill Gates, the third and final segment of the Weekly Dose for August 15th, 2019. It's coming up next. You know, in the software world, it's very, particularly for platforms, these are winner-take-all markets. So, you know, the greatest mistake ever uh, is the whatever mismanagement I engaged in that caused Microsoft not to be what Android is. That is, Android is the standard phone platform, non-Apple phone form platform. That was a natural thing for Microsoft to win. And, you know, it's... It really is winner take all. We, there's room for exactly one non-Apple operating system, and that, you know, what's that worth? 400 billion uh, that would be, you know, transferred from company G to company M. And it's amazing to me, having made, you know, one of the greatest mistakes of all time, and there was this antitrust lawsuit and various things, that, you know, our other assets, Windows Office, are still very strong. So we are a leading company. Uh, If we'd gotten that one right, we would be the uh, leading (laughs) company, but oh well.
This is a band called The Gigs here locally from about 10, 12, 13 years ago. If you're thinking The Gigs, The Gigs, The Gigs, gigs if you're a longtime Chattanooga person, well, you remember Fizz Gig, potentially. Going back to talking about Mike McDade and all the musicians that would play at the attic and all the open mics and the shows back in the early 2000s and the late 90s. Fizz Gig, Jay Lawson, um, Bill... Ah, damn, why am I forgetting Bill's last name? Bill, the bass player, sorry. Heath, later on. Henley, I believe, was his last name. And Adam Jones? Why am I forgetting Adam's last name? Anyway, incredible band. (laughs) Some issues over the years with a couple of them. It's about a girl. But uh, this was their last attempt to put a band together. And before Jay, I guess, just got out of it. The gigs. I found this in my garage when I was going through a bunch of CDs, getting a bunch of local music put together. Hint, hint, hint. Might be a local music thing coming here soon. More on that later. So, yeah, let's see. Google acquired Android back in 2005. Get this. Google acquired Android back in 2005 for $50 million. Now, in 2005, that probably sounded like a lot of money. Um, it's still a lot of money, clearly, but it doesn't sound like anything now. $50 million bucks. Uh, and former CEO Eric Schmidt admitted that Google's initial focus was beating Microsoft's early Windows mobile efforts. Quote, at the time, we were very concerned that Microsoft's mobile strategy would be successful, said Schmidt. Android ultimately killed Windows mobile and Windows phone off. So they had Windows mobile and Windows phone, and it killed off those brands or ideas. And became the Windows equivalent in the, uh, the the mobile world. Did Android? Gates' admission is somewhat surprising, though. Many had assumed that Microsoft's missed mobile opportunity was a Steve Ballmer era mistake. Ballmer, who now owns the LA Clippers, famously laughed at the iPhone, calling it the most expensive phone in the world, and it doesn't appeal to business customers because it doesn't have a keyboard. While Ballmer accepted the iPhone could go on and sell well. He crucially missed the touch-friendly era it was ushering in and laughed off its lack of a keyboard. And uh, I would have been just like Steve Ballmer because I was a BlackBerry guy and uh, the, uh, the what was the T-Mobile one? The Kickstarter or the Kick something or other. Um, then there was so many different variations of phones with keyboards and, and messaging capabilities. And that just, it seemed ter- crazy odd to have a phone that didn't have a keyboard, especially from a business standpoint. Well, you can be geniuses putting together operating systems and making billions of dollars and still completely swing and miss. As we all know, the iPhone revolutionized everything. And then Android came in, as Bill Gates mentioned, as really the oh, there's only one other alternative, and that's what it is. And a lot of us, I am definitely an Android guy. I will never, ever have an iPhone, I don't think. I don't ever, never say never, but I've never never so far been an, uh, an Apple uh, consumer. All right. So the 10 most important things uh, or life lessons to master in your 30s is I only have about seven months left until I turn four zero. Start saving money for retirement now, not later. On the day after an 800, 800 point uh, free fall from uh, the Dow Jones, I can say that I uh, would have never cared about this comment at 28. At 29, I started putting money in retirement at 31 and then looked up six or seven years later and saw $30,000 sitting there and um, thought, oh, my God, what? Why didn't I start this earlier? Uh, It's doing okay right now. It's not doing great. But uh, I did start realizing that saving money for retirement is very important. And while I wish I could put more towards it these days, um, I still do it. I haven't mastered it, but I've mastered the concept. Start taking care of your health now, not later. Your mind's acceptance of age is 10 to 15 years behind your body's aging. It's an interesting thought. Your health will go faster than you think, but it will be very hard to notice. Not the least because you don't want it to happen. I'm, I'm feeling that. When I read that today, I thought, that's right. I mean, you, you, your mind and your body are kind of aging at different rates, Right. Or at least it feels like that, and I'm starting to feel broke down. So do I have that mastered? No, but I do uh, have it on my conscience. Don't spend time with people who don't treat you well. That's easy. I eliminate those assholes quick. 
Number four, be good to the people you care about. I Maybe not mastered, but if I like you, if I care about you, if you matter to me, I'm going to go way out of my way to do things for you and to help you out. And um, I, I guess at times I'm sure I fail at that, I'd fail at that, but that is my goal. Number five, you can't have everything. Focus on doing a few things very well. And not only have I mastered this, I mastered this a long damn time ago, long before I was 30, or at least right around that time. I figured out a long time ago that there are limitations in life. And as soon as you understand and accept and appreciate those limitations in life, then you can maximize the things that you actually can do. And so I do admit when I know I do something well, because I don't do a whole lot of things well. I put my efforts into the things that I know that I can excel at, or at least be proud of and showcase. The uh, you can do anything you want myth, the if you put your mind to it nonsense is is just it's it's classroom wall bulletin board material for a child to just I guess just be motivated. It's nonsense. You can't do anything you want. You have limitations. Figure out what those are, and you'll be successful with what you're good at. Number six, don't be afraid of taking risks. You can still change. I struggle with this. Taking risks is something that terrifies me. Terrifies me. And, and, and relatively speaking, I am still a very young person. I mean, I'm at midlife, right? I mean, about double up my age right now. If I make it that long, that's about it. Not a whole lot left after that. But that's still a lot of time. That's still 35-plus years. And you can change, and you can you can change the trajectory trajectory. That's all the words I have I have a hard time saying. Traject. All right, enough. I'm not even going to try. You get my point. I struggle with this one. Not even close to have mastered it. Uh, let's see. Number seven on the things to master before you're out of your 30s. You must continue to grow and develop yourself. It's kind of like like B to that last one. A. It kind of goes in the same category to a certain degree. I um I do pretty good with the overall understanding concept of that. I do know that the, the importance of that. I I don't take that for granted, but do I utilize it well enough? Do I develop myself and grow myself enough when I still have plenty of energy and plenty of uh, opportunity to uh, to kind of make some noise in my life? And I mean good noise. I probably don't. So saying I mastered it is not even kind of the case, but to say that I'm aware of it certainly is. Uh, number eight. Nobody still knows what they're doing. Get used to it. I like this one. Unless you are already dead, mentally, emotionally, and socially, you cannot anticipate your life five years into the future. It will not develop as you expect. So just stop it. Stop assuming you can plan far ahead. And I don't do well with this. I'm a major planner. I want to know where I'm going, why I'm doing it, how we're getting there, what it's going to cost, what I got to do, what all point A, B, C, and D are. I don't like a bunch of curveballs thrown at me. I can deal with you know, taking them as they come, but I generally want to know where I'm going, and I do plan out far in advance, and I have noticed that that is so true. Nobody knows what they're doing meaning what's going to happen into the far distant future, get used to it. And that might be why they say in the financial world, if you're investing and it's for uh, less than five years, it doesn't need to be in the in the stock market. If it's going to be five years or more, you then put it in the stock market and forget about it because you just don't know what's going to happen in the next five years. Two more and then we'll wrap up the show this week. Invest in your family. It's worth it. Um, I have a very interesting family dynamic in my life. It's not anywhere near traditional. In some aspects of it within the family, there is traditional aspects to it, but not really from my angle. And I used to get kind of accused by everybody in the family, in the immediate family, of being the one who doesn't care, being the one that's not as engaged. It's just it took them a long time to understand where I was coming from, and they know I'm coming from a good place, and now it's just, well, that's just Brian. Uh, But I do invest emotionally in the family as much as I can. And when we are involved in doing things together, I do understand its importance. Could I I say that I've mastered it? No, no, not at all. But I am aware of it. And the final one here as I wrap up the show this week, number 10, be kind to yourself. Respect yourself. Quote, be a little selfish and do something for yourself every day. Something different once a month and something spectacular 
every year. Now, I don't know that I do something every day or something once a month or something spectacular every year, but um, I certainly do understand the importance of that, and everybody does, first of all, and I believe should, to a small degree, have a little selfishness in there, in your body, in your mind, in, in, your, uh, in, in your approach to life. Because I'm telling you, if you don't care about yourself, nobody else is. And I mean it 100% when I say that you know nobody cares about you. From the, the, the grand scheme of the world, it's so few people that actually care about any of us, it rounds down to zero. Because there's only a small select few people in your life that truly, truly spend any amount of excessive time outside of anything that matters about you. There are a few. There are some. But it's so few, basically nobody cares about you. That's why I can't believe anybody even listens to this show. Um, So you do need to be a little selfish. You need to take care of yourself. And I'm fully aware of that. All right, guys and gals, I appreciate it. Again, Songbirds tonight. I know it sucks that this is coming out the uh, the day that the show I'm trying to promote is. And I know I would say most people don't listen to this first thing that it comes out. I know some do. I have some people have told me they do. I love you for it. I appreciate it. I try to make it to where it's valid for at least you know a couple of days to a week because uh, I know a lot of it is dated at times. But Mike McDade at Songbirds tonight, or I mean the uh, the. Uh, Jesus, why am I stumbling all over myself on the way out? I'm tired. Need to wrap this up. But the benefit for Mike and his uh, hospital bills, and it's going to be the Rounders and the Bohannons and Ryan Oyers, Scarlet Love Conspiracy, and others that I'm forgetting about. So uh, there you go. That's it. Thank you so much. At Stone on Air on all social media. At Stone on Air on all social media. And Alt 98.7 Radio in Chattanooga and Alt98.com everywhere else. Download the app Monday through Friday, 3 until 7. That's all I got. Y'all have a great week. Talk to you again next week.